Welcome to the Progressive Holly Podcast. This is your host, Dvesh Talakani. Today we have a very, very special episode for you. And we have with us Jonathan Javier and Jerry Lee from Wansalting. Now, Wansalting was founded in 2019 with a mission of turning underdogs into winners. They do this by helping those who come from non-target schools and non-traditional backgrounds to get them into their dream careers. And so far, they've helped tens of thousands receive offers from top companies, including the Googles, the Deloitte's, the Goldman Sachs of the world. Now, first up, Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is the CEO slash founder of Consulting. Uh, he's also worked in the strategy operations team at Snap, Google, and Cisco after coming from a non-target school. In total, he's led 160 plus workshops in eight different countries. He's amassed 74,000 plus followers on LinkedIn in eight months, as well as 15 million impressions yearly on his content. On the other hand, we have Jerry. Now, Jerry is an ex-senior strategy and operations manager at Google and current manager of product strategy at Lucid. Outside of work, Jerry partners with universities and organizations, again, 160 plus to date, to help others land into their dream careers. He's amassed 80,000 plus followers on LinkedIn and has reached 15 million plus professionals. These guys know exactly what they're talking about. And what we are going to be talking about today is their experience building consulting, some of the challenges they face while building consulting. We're going to be talking about all things LinkedIn, why LinkedIn is the social platform you need to grow professionally, personally, in every single way possible, how to use it to land your dream job, and so, so, so much more. If you know me personally, you know how much of a fan I am of LinkedIn and uh, how much I use the platform personally. So I am super, super, super excited for this to take place. This is going to be a special, special, special one. Thank you. Thank you so much. And really looking forward to you listening to this one. Welcome to the Progressaholic Podcast. This is your host, Devesh Tilokani. At Progressaholic, we highlight stories of individuals dedicated to the progress of self and society to educate you on creating an impact within yourself and the communities that you operate in. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for listening to this. It means more to me than you could possibly imagine. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thank you so much, Jerry and John, for taking the time out to come on the Progressaholic podcast. What you guys do is incredible, turning underdogs into winners. But, but when I look at that title, turning underdogs into winners, there's a lot of different connotations that can come out of that. So maybe before we would start off, what is your definition of an underdog and then what's your definition of a winner in your context? Of yeah, well, first off, thanks for saying we're incredible, but you're the one who's incredible for having a podcast. That's right. <laughs> so thank you so much for having us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so... Underdogs for us are people who specifically come from these non-traditional backgrounds, or as we say, also non-target schools, and they are trying to get specifically into their careers. And so Jerry and I have been able to help thousands of these students and job seekers land jobs at the Googles, the Facebooks, the Goldman Sachs of the world. But an underdog can be anyone, to be honest. It could be in regards to where you come from, your the color of your skin, anything really. And it's crazy because everybody has an underdog story. They've been through challenges, been through obstacles throughout their lives. But the people who persevere are the ones who turn from underdogs into winners. So that's a little brief definition that I would say. I don't know if Jerry has another one or anything to add there. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, Devesh, uh, thank you so much for having us, man. This is such an honor and pleasure, and we're so excited to continue talking. So yeah, I, I say Jonathan has captured it, and really the essence of that is when we think about our college experiences, we always think about, well, what did we wish we had when we were in college that would have helped enable us to get into our dream careers earlier on? Right. Because a lot of this stuff, Jonathan and I had to figure out by talking to people, by just trying ourselves. But is there a way for others to feel empowered to take advantage of the resources that they have and create opportunities for themselves? That's what we do. Awesome. Awesome. And like, I love that definition. And again, the, what you guys are doing with underdogs is incredible. And I like the fact that you've kept it pretty flexible, that anyone can have an underdog story uh, as a whole. Cause I think that broadens your reach and helps you help even more people out. And then, so we spoke about underdogs, but what is a winner for you? Cause I think let's say a winner is someone that has had a lot of success or a decent amount of success and success can be defined in so many different ways. For me, success could be um, just working at a small startup where I feel like I'm really contributing but for someone else, a success could be working at the Goldman Sachs, for example. So I mean, what, what do you define as a winner as a whole? That she, you literally took the words out of my mind and my mouth because that's exactly what success is. Success is very detriment on the person because like you said, you could be successful working at a top company, as they say. You can be successful working at a startup and a medical company. I think that a true winner is someone who perseveres through the challenges they face, whether it's in regards to adversity, the rejections, all those different things. If you always persevere and you keep on going, you'll never fail. That's what I say all the time, because if you keep working hard, you work smart, you network, you grind, you listen to podcasts like these, and then you take things that you learn and you apply it to your daily life, you in turn will turn into a winner. Another part as well for winners is winners want other people to win. That's what's really important about Juan Solzing. Juan Solzing, W, winners, right? <laughs> but basically, winners want other people to win. The reason why we always say this is because everybody should want to win in whatever aspect of life. And that's what we hope to do, especially going forward in the future. And really, it's breaking that barrier barrier, whether it's your own barrier that you've set for yourself or whether it's a barrier that's imposed on your school because none of these companies come onto your schools, right? As long as you're able to achieve your goals, like you said, like working at the Goldman's of the world or a startup, that's, that's really what it, that's what it is at its core, right? That we want people to be happy in their careers, but more importantly, feel equipped that they can actually land their careers, right? And so that's really what we hope to try. Interesting, interesting. And maybe then that begs me to ask the question, what does what does success mean to you then as a whole? Just like the personal Jonathan, the personal Jerry story, like what does success mean to you too? Yeah, I think success for me is if someone else is able to attain their own success, that's success in my eyes because I want everybody to win. I want everybody else to be successful. And if you're able to land your dream job or opportunity through consulting or through one of us, that to me is doing something that's not only successful, but playing a part in, in the greater world, especially during these times when there's a pandemic and there's jobs being lost, uh, being forelogged and laid off, right? So I think that's my definition of success. Before I thought my success was working at one of these big name companies, which it was at first, but I changed that perspective because I realized that, you know, anyone can do it. If one of us can do it, in regards to us coming from different backgrounds, whether it's a low income first generation background or non-target schools, then anyone can do it. And Jerry, what about yourself? What would you say success means to you? Yeah, I think I think our mission is really simple. Like 
at the end of the day, we're doing this, investing all of our time so that we can help others get into their careers, right? And that's really the core essence of it. And the, the re, that I think the big, biggest motivating factor for us is we hear these stories all the time of people being like, I have no idea where to start. They work with us for as short as three days even, and they come to us and say, guys, I just landed my full first full-time offer. Thank you guys. Right. Like, to us, it's those type of stories and realizations that, Hey, like a little bit of time investment for on our end can completely change the way someone approaches a situation or can completely change the direction of a course of someone's life. Like that to us is success. And I think you touched on something really important there about the story. When someone, when you meet someone that you've had that much of an impact on, I remember there are times when, when I'm with the podcast um, and like, for example, for me right now, I'm still at university and I'm doing this. And at times it can be pretty, uh, there are times when like you go through those lows, when you feel like what you're doing, is it really having an impact? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's luck or maybe whatever it is, but whenever I've sort of gone through those lows, it's always been like some listener that reaches, reaches out to me and he or she's like, Hey, this part in this episode, at this specific time had this impact on me. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing this for. And I'm going to continue doing this, you know, kind of like a push to it in that direction. Yeah. And also I say, you never know who's looking at your content, who's listening to your podcast, who's following you. Because the best, you probably get people who you've never actually interacted with in person who reach out to you and are like, hey, I've listened to your podcast before. I was deeply impacted by it. Same for consulting. We always have people who reach out to us, even tag us in posts in regards to them getting jobs. And we didn't even know we helped them directly, but we actually helped them indirectly through our content. That is the power of not only LinkedIn, but the power of making an impact in the world to help people be successful. And maybe just to give like a super tangible um, example of someone that's listening to this, was there any specific example? It could be a client that you worked with or someone who like you saw them at where they were, like at point A, they worked with consulting and they were at point B, which is like way, way higher. And like, that's when you were like, okay, like you saw this specific impact at this moment and like it pushed you to even go further with it. I know there's a lot of examples, but maybe even just like one example anywhere that kind of meant a lot to two of you would be great. I think the, I'd love to get your take on this, John, but I feel like the one that stands out to me is our, one of our clients who work with us came to us and said, hey, I don't really know where to start here. But after working with us for about almost, a, almost about like a couple of days, three days after he messaged us saying, Hey, I got an offer. I was able to increase my compensation by what is it like 20 or 40%, something around that range. And it literally took him less than a week. And so like that provided validation for us and continues to provide validation. Like, Hey, like the stuff that we're doing actually matters. It actually works. Right. Because we recognize that recruiting isn't just clicking a button, clicking the apply button. It's not just getting on the phone call, but it's so much more than that. Right. And so when we break it down for people and they actually go ahead and do it, like we, we hear stories like this all the time. Totally agree with that one. Still remember that one. It was literally three days, which is absolutely incredible. I'm actually going to highlight another story, which is an international student. The reason why I want to highlight the international students is because a lot of international students struggle with in regards to, you know, H-1B visas, et cetera. But we actually had someone who is a part of an organization uh, and he was looking for different jobs and he was actually going to leave 
America to go back to India if he didn't find a job by next month, which is crazy, right? And he was like applying to so many different jobs. He was getting rejected from here and there. And I still remember he was reaching out to us and he was like, man, Jonathan, I got to the final round for Apple and Google and they didn't, they didn't move me forward. And I felt so bad, but then I realized that we had to keep pushing him and we were like, this is not the end, but it's only the beginning. And remember that you only need one yes. And he got that one yes this past week as he accepted an offer to be an APM for Microsoft coming from an international background. So the reason why I'm sharing this is because for those who are listening who are from international backgrounds, you can do it. And we love helping. Actually, most a lot of our clients are international background students. So if you're international, hit us up. <laughs> like forget the listeners. Like it's like you're talking to me right now. Cause like, I mean, I'm literally in the same boat, international student about to graduate um, full-time recruiting in Canada. Canada's a little more lenient with their visas. So like it's a little better over there. But it's, it's, it's the same thing, you know, like when you're an international student, I think you're always comparing yourself uh, to your disadvantages to the local students that are there. And that can sort of play at your mind when you're at an interview, when you're networking in every single aspect. But I've always told people that like, at least for me, I've seen like my internationalness is actually my advantage. So- yes. I was going right. to say the rest too, like international students, what we suggest for international students is reach out to other international professionals who work, for example, in the States. And how you can do that is usually they'll do their master's in the States and then their bachelor's outside of it. That's what we always suggest to people. And I mean, there's like people like, I know that the person that connected us, David Mendoza, he's doing incredible work with international students. And me and him connected through him, met a bunch of other international students as well that were sort of going in the same boat and we've all been helping each other out, uh, which is incredible. So completely agree with you on that. I want to ask that while insulting, it's, it's been going like crazy. Uh, and I've been pretty curious about this question. And you two have done some incredible work over the last year. Jonathan, you literally just in August, 2020, uh, you left Cisco and went full-time with uh, One Something, which is incredible. But I want to know that how do you sort of avoid the C word, which is complacency? You're growing super, super, super fast. And at times there is that tendency to, uh, when success comes to you, success can mean anything to you. Um, you're helping so many people out. At times there is the thing of being complacent at times. So has that been something that has come up? And maybe if it has come up, have you been able to sort of avoid it or sort of get around it? I would say I call it accountability buddies. <laughs> people who hold you accountable, AKA this guy right here, Jerry. <laughs> so that's why I feel like it's very important to be with people that push you to your limits, but push you towards your goal, have a very similar mission as you. Because if you're able to find people like that, you're going to keep going and you're going to keep striving for more. Why people I think get complacent is because the people they associate with tell them and they say, Jonathan, Jerry, you all are doing amazing already. And then that gets into their head, into their ego. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm already good. I don't have to do anything else. And why I'm saying this is because it's exactly what happened at UC Riverside when I was there and I was going to work as a coal store manager, sorry, Coles, uh, <laughs> but I was going to work as a store manager because everyone was like, yeah, you got the best internship at UCR, you're chilling. But then I realized there's always one more step up the pyramid that you could take and how you get there is with people, people who push you to do your hardest, whether it's a co-founder, whether it's your business partner, or whether it's your community. When you put the community first, everything else will follow. Yeah, and I completely agree. I think it, it was interesting because I think uh, Jonathan and I almost have like this 
like yin and yang type of working relationship where we'll always talk about things that we can do better. We'll always talk about the next big thing. I know that uh, Jonathan and I recently just launched an online course. And one of the things that I remember when I was talking with Jonathan that stood out was he was like, all right, perfect. What's next? Right. It's not like, all right, let's just chill. Let's just relax. Let's just do nothing. But it's always thinking about what's the next step forward, right? And one of the ways that we always do this is we always set goals for ourselves. And it's actually funny because when Jonathan and I met at the beginning of, no, at the end of last year, starting this year, we set out goals for ourselves of saying, we, at the end of the year, we want one Sultan to be at here. Within the first, what was it, John? Like three months, we like crushed every single one of those goals. And right. so we're like, oh my God, like, what are we, what are we going to do now? And so now we're at this point where we've grown so much and now we have to set even more ambitious goals than what we had already thought was ambitious in the beginning, which is such a weird problem to have, but it's also the, the power of having someone to keep you accountable. And on that accountability piece, I think Jonathan, you touched on this a little bit as well, uh, but is it, do you think that the success of your two's friendship relationship together is because you're able to call out each other on, on each other's bullshit as well? Yes. But the thing is, I have no bullshit with Gary. That's the only thing. <laughs> so it's not crazy, right? Like I'm serious. Like, I've never actually, I don't even think I've ever gotten into uh, an argument with Jerry about anything in regards to consulting. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I don't remember anything, honestly. And we work very well together. Uh, just the one difference is Gary always makes very calculated decisions and I'm very spontaneous, which is a, which is a good thing because we get both different perspectives. But yeah, I mean, it's, but it's also, you know, it's great because then we also have a team now. So we have a team of about nine, uh, 11 total. And so it's just awesome because we also have people who we know that love turning underdogs into winners that agree with our mission I love doing what they're doing. And that in turn gets us uh, motivated to keep on, keep on going. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I think one of the big, biggest parts about Jonathan and I is that I think that like when we work, we don't typically have an ego with it. It's not about, hey, I'm right, you're wrong. It's, well, let's do what's best for this baby that we're trying to grow, right? And so like, I think that's, that's really the, the biggest piece of it. And that like, there are times for sure where I'm like, no, absolutely, John, like I'm wrong, you're right. There's times when Jonathan's like, yep, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong. And the beauty of that is that you never have to worry about voicing your opinion if, if you disagree, because at the end of the day, like these things that we're doing together should never be personal. It's always, always. So an example of this is we, like I mentioned earlier, so we launched our online course, for example, right? And we spent about how long, John? Like almost six or seven months condensing like 40 or 50 pages worth of content into just one hour with a videographer professionally shot. And we were always wondering like, dang, like how do we continually to do this better, right? And so like, we're at the phase now where like, we're doing a slow rollout. We have all this content. We've gotten such amazing feedback now. And we're thinking about doing a broader push now, right? But all that work, Jonathan and I didn't see eye to eye on every little thing, but it was that we, we talked through every, every little detail. And that, that's how we almost perfected it. Yeah, and we worked very, and we have specific goals and deadlines in mind. Like we've been For sure. thinking about releasing this course before the end of the year and we were able to do it like this month despite COVID happening because we were trying to find out, man, when do we record the videos? And I remember at first I was getting impatient. I was like, oh my gosh, are we gonna miss the timeline? But we held each other accountable, our team held us accountable and we were able to make it happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And like why I'm sort of trying my best to dive as deep into this as possible is because academy partners are 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 really they can have an incredible impact, but a lot of people don't have them. I personally need to invest in one myself. So maybe it's a little bit of selfish uh, for me to ask uh, this and dive a little bit deeper into this, but maybe like if you had to give like three tenants of like a successful accountability partner relationship, just to sort of end this off, like what, what would you think it would be? I'd say number one, uh, check-ins. So people who consistently check up on you, make sure that you're hitting your goals, et cetera. Like Jerry's one of my accountability buddies, as I say, but I also, fun fact, two years ago, I was weighing 208 pounds <laughs> and I lost 30 pounds in three months because I had people who were holding me accountable for my fitness goals. And how we did that was through Instagram stories. We would take pictures of us at the gym every day and we would check up on each other like hey what's your goal what's your what's your weight goal whatever right so that's one part right number two having people who agree with what you're doing your vision i think the vision is extremely important because if that person doesn't see what you're seeing it's never gonna turn into fruition so make sure you both have the same vision and then last but not least the mindset mindset is so important, especially in this day and age. I think what happens in before I would hang out with a lot of pessimistic people in regards to everything I'm telling you in regards to career, just life in general. But when you hang out with optimistic people who push you towards your goals, as I always say, then you got people who are going to hold you accountable that are going to be seeing how you see, and that's going to make the difference, especially in your life. Yeah, no, 100%. And a tangible way that we, one of the ways that we do this is we have quantifiable goals, right? We always say, all right, all right, let's try to get to X number by the end of the month. Let's try to get to X, X, Y number by the end of the week, right? Or even it's for the goal, right? And so whenever Jonathan and I, when we set out our goals, we check up on each other every month. We meet, we have a calendar reminder that says like, prioritize this, right? We look at our progress and we say, what could have, we always answer three main questions. We always ask one, what could we have done better? Two, what should we continue focusing on? And three, what are some of the things that we should start thinking about for the longer term? And so we always, always ask ourselves those questions. We keep track of those notes. But what's interesting is that throughout those notes, I think it's specifically around the part of what do we need to do better? I think we've hit on almost all, every single one of them. Like I remember an idea that came out of this. We're like, dude, like a lot of people have been asking us for merch. We should totally launch merch, right? Onesulting.com slash shop now has our merch, right? Which is crazy. And then similar with the online course and similar with just almost every project that we ran through, we always kept each other accountable. And I think that's really the reason why we're been able to grow so much is because we just spend so much time focusing on it. That was beautiful. Focusing on the past, present, and future of those three questions. Incredible. And then John with your three tenants as well. Um, I'm sorry if I dive a little too deep into that, but I thought this was really valuable. So I just wanted to get really, really deep into it. But this wouldn't be a podcast episode of Onsulting if we don't speak about LinkedIn. So definitely wanted to cover a little bit about this. So you guys are crushing it on LinkedIn. The last time I checked Von Salting's um, LinkedIn page, it was 33,000 plus followers. Maybe wrong, maybe a little higher now, but around that figure. Um, so I definitely wanted to dive a little bit deeper with all the success you two and your your clients and other Von Salting members have seen. And I want to maybe start this off like a scenario. I love doing this where you sort of give a scenario to someone and then it helps the listener as well sort of think through it. Let's imagine right now, 
I, my, like Devesh over here, and I'm a first year undergrad student right now um, from a non-traditional background, non-traditional school. And I have no idea what career path that I want to go down. So I've like, it's not even like I have a specific career path in my mind and I should start networking with these people, but I have no idea which career path I want to go down. How do you sort of use LinkedIn to maybe get a better idea for career path? Or do you just not use LinkedIn when you don't really know where you want to go? Yeah. So I would say if you don't know exactly what you want to do, just think about three things that you enjoy doing that you would do for free. Why I say this is because I think that your passions, specifically with the work that you do, really do translate into your mindset and how you feel on a day-to-day. So what I say is then when you figure out those three things, so for example, let's just say that you are specifically very numbers-driven, you love data, and you love working with people. What you can do is then you think about what positions are in those specific fields that are catered towards that. So let's just say data analyst, right? And let's say you just want to work in tech. That might be your dream role or your dream position. And then what you do is you just go search for people who are specifically in that field. All you got to do is just type in data analyst and then whatever company and then network with them. I think that's very important to finding out what you want to do in your career, because then when you speak with them, you can figure out exactly what they do on a day to day and then turn it into yourself and be like, would I imagine myself doing this on a day to day? And if that's a yes, then that's something that you can ultimately get into. If it's a no, go to your next position. Maybe it's operations analyst. Maybe it's something else. But that's what I would say in a nutshell, very broadly of what I would do to kind of find uh, my green career. Yeah. And Jonathan just ripped off a page from our online course. Cause this is, I like, I always come back to this because like mm-hmm. legit everything that we know that the answer to that question, then the answer to the next three questions that you're going to ask is now that I, I know what role that I'm trying to go for. Well, what should I actually, how do I actually go about it? Right. And the second thing of, well, now that I actually, now that I found these roles, how do I then interview? Now that I landed my interviews and I did well, how do I let, how do I negotiate my, like everything that we know about recruiting we've like put in this course. Right. And like exactly what Jonathan's mentioning um, is exactly how we, how, how we go about these. Right. Cause at the, at the core principle of it, you want to make sure you narrow down your list of things that you do like and, and don't like. Right. And then find as many roles or as jobs that, it's correlated to that and then confirm it by talking to people. And that's really the general framework of how we uh, recommend it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And also, do you think there's, uh, a little curious about this one, but do you think there's a link between creating content and um, getting discovered for the roles that you want to do? I know. Yes. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> short answer, but yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, it's more like, so let, let's say that there is that connection. And again, you are a first or second year student at university. And from all like friends that I've spoken to um, and people that I've uh, met, like, the first thing that students always talk about is that I'm just a university student. What am I supposed to speak about? Like, I don't mind creating content, but like, what the hell am I supposed to speak about? Like, I'm not an expert in anything. Um, and I have no, no idea how to go about it. I mean, what would be your rebuttal to that when a student comes up to you and tells you that and i'm sure people have told you in the past as well yeah we call this actually it's so funny because you're mentioning everything that's in our course <laughs> but it's, we call this reactive recruiting it's one of our one of our courses but basically a really over high overview is that like for example my roles all of my roles have actually come from linkedin 
I haven't gotten anything outside of LinkedIn, like my jobs at Snapchat, Google, and Cisco, all from LinkedIn. Never simply just applied to them, which was crazy, right? And so if you are a job seeker and you're thinking about, wow, like I don't have anything to talk about, talk about your story. Talk about different takeaways that you take specifically from events, listening to podcasts, post about that. Maybe say, hey, everyone, I just listened to this podcast uh, with Devesh, Jonathan, and Jerry. Uh, this is what I learned. Having those takeaways and posting it on LinkedIn is important because then opportunities may come to you instead of you always having to seek opportunities. Because what I think what happens in today's society is we always reach out to so many different people, but why not have opportunities come to you? And I think Jerry can speak about this after, like he was able to get a lot of different opportunities come to him without ever doing much except being active on LinkedIn. So I'll give it to him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, but to quickly, before I dive deeper into this, Devesh, like I'd say the, the, the core principle that students don't know anything, they don't know anything, or they don't know what to post, the pushback that I'd, or the question that I'd ask them is who told you that? And oftentimes what you'll see is people will go, well, no one explicitly told me that. Well, it's just that I personally don't think I have anything to add. Or I, as a student, I'm only a freshman. Right, but you, you see the, the problem there, right? Is that nobody told them that they're not good enough. They're telling themselves that, and they're the ones who are saying no to themselves before they even get the chance, right? And this is one of the core principles that we have with recruiting at, through, through all the work that we do within consulting, because we always push people to apply and go for their dream career, right? Like let the companies be the ones to tell you no, and once they're there, then let's pivot. Right. But oftentimes we see so many underdogs not selling themselves first because of whatever reason. Right. But to your question about the whole reactive recruiting aspect of things, um, it's so, 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 so prevalent. And it's so something that we love talking about because for me, I've interviewed for probably over 20 companies in the past year, year and a half without ever applying, without networking or without even telling people I was looking for a role. Right, which is kind of crazy when you kind of put it out there. But when you actually break it down and you listen to the recruiters on these calls and the questions that they ask, right? The, 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 the main thing that I always ask all these recruiters is a simple question. I always ask, how did you find me, right? And the answer is always the same thing. They always say, well, hey, I saw that my, co my colleague has engaged with your content or, hey, I saw that your LinkedIn profile was similar to what we're looking for. And so we wanted to chat, right? And so there's so many things that you can do with your LinkedIn profile with content creation that we cover in our course. But the short summary is absolutely there are opportunities, even if you're a student, right? There's opportunities for you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I'm just, just to sort of uh, put a little more um, sort of evidence to that, I'm a student myself. I just started posting content on LinkedIn a couple of months ago. And me being a student, I got invited on three to four different podcasts. I don't have any sort of expertise as per se as such. But it's just that, and I'm like, how do you, like, again, I ask these podcast hosts, I'm like, how did you sort of find me? You put out content on LinkedIn, someone's, one of my, one of my connections engaged, I started engaging and then decided let's connect, you know? So completely, completely agree with you on that. And again, there's, I'm going to throw another excuse and maybe you have this in, in the online course. Uh, and this one's pretty, it's pretty interesting because I've had some pretty interesting conversations with people about this. And I've seen sometimes myself going through it as well. The idea of a fear of someone disagreeing with you or, you know, putting in a vicious comment or something like that. I'd say in the post that I've made um, recently, 
on average, I'll get maybe five to 10 comments per post. Let's say I've gotten about 300 comments in the last month or so, uh, last couple of months. And even if I get one or two comments, that's like 0.5% or something. And I'll focus on those one or two bad comments and focus on those 299 comments that were great. You know, uh, it's pretty interesting, interesting to see how the mind sort of focuses on that aspect. But maybe what would you tell like a student right now who's a little concerned about that aspect? Someone not agreeing with my content, or someone saying something mean or vicious uh, or in that aspect. I'm speaking about this. <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics. Uh, yeah. So what I would say is that if you get that, if you get one bad comment on your post, it's totally fine. You're going to have people who disagree with you, but at the end of the day, are you going to focus on the one person who disagrees or the 99 of people who support you? I think that mindset is extremely important, especially with anything, right? And so, yeah, like for a lot of our content, we sometimes get people who bad ones or disagree with us, and maybe we'll have a healthy discussion, or maybe they're just trolling. That should never stop you from posting. If someone is telling you to stop posting, they are probably not posting themselves. They are probably feeling insecure about what they're doing too. And so do what you want to do. Post on LinkedIn. I think there's no loss of you posting. The only thing you can gain is just everything, right? You have nothing to lose, but everything to gain when posting on LinkedIn. So don't be discouraged if there's people who disagree with you or who have different points. If they have different points totally fine. You can just ignore them. You see a lot of the big name people, especially on Instagram, on LinkedIn, they always have bad comments. But like Gary Vee, I see him have bad comments all the time. He always responds with kindness and with respect, right? Because that just shows you're a good person. So that's what I would say for people who are kind of conscious about bad comments coming their way. Yeah. And I'd say John is probably the best person to talk to about this because definitely like Jonathan and I have been in this for such a long time that we've definitely have gotten our fair share of hate comments. And uh, what's actually really impressive, I think, is Jonathan's ability to just kind of go through the uh, ignore all the all the crap and focus on the positivity right because and it goes back to the whole accountability thing right like i remember one time i did have a really bad comment and i was like hey like i don't know how i should be feeling about this and he was saying well well like how many other comments did you get i was like oh i probably got like 300 and he was like well how many of those are positive and how many of those are negative right so it's, it's always nice to have someone to kind of like like you said Devesh, like it's so easy to focus on the negativity but you always have to put things into perspective perspective. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Just on that point, uh, I was talking to a friend who I met through LinkedIn as well. Again, incredible platform. And uh, he was telling me he had about, about 45, 46 comments on a post. And he was like, Hey man, this post that I posted, like it got a lot of hate. And I was like, how many comments did you get? And he was like three out of 46, 45, 46. So, um, it, it's, it's interesting how a mindset to focus on that aspect. I think Jonathan, on a point that you raised, Gary Vee speaks about this way. He's like, if someone is taking 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes to actually post something that, um, you know, to post something that is, is hateful to you or demeaning in some way, like what are they going through in their life? Like how, like, like how bad is their life right now? Or they might be going through a lot right now. So it's more like, I guess, empathy and kindness as a whole. I was going to say, yeah, if you have people responding with bad comments on your post as well, that means you, you're doing something right. <laughs> like you're creating a discussion, correct? And like you said before, if someone takes 30 seconds to a minute to actually 
put something on your post, that's like, wow, you're actually making a huge impact, especially with wherever you are. So anyways, guys, this was great. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time, but this was truly, truly incredible. The work that you two are doing, um, it's inspiring. And I mean, those are like, like, I don't have the words to say, but like, I've seen myself, um, so many people that have had an impact, uh, through your content, um, and through everything that you do. And I'm just praying for you guys that you guys just keep growing and, you know, just keep, uh, just keep, keep killing the shit, man. So again, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be here. Um, firstly, and secondly, would also love if you could tell us where our listeners can find you. Cause I want every single listener that is listening to this to definitely, definitely check you out. Yeah. First off, last off, not first off, last off, thanks for having us. We really do appreciate it. We want to just say like, we are recording this on a Sunday. That's how much we love doing this and we love helping people. So just wanted to say thank you for everybody listening in and thank you Devesh for having us. Yeah, definitely find us on LinkedIn, Jonathan Avier, Jerry Lee, send us a personalized invite saying you listen to this podcast. Uh, we also have Instagram, Wonsulting. Our YouTube, we've been scaling up. So check that out. It's just Wonsulting. TikTok as well. You can see me do some TikTok dances. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we also have a Discord, which we'll share with Devesh as well, that if you want to, any updates, et cetera, that would be great. And then last but not least, like we said before, we just released our Wonsulting online course which is specifically about the entire recruiting cycle. And it is on our website at wonsulting.com. And it's an amazing course. It literally has six different sections in regards to just everything. Finding your dream job. How do you build your resume? Proactive recruiting, reactive recruiting, interviewing, compensation, negotiation, you name it, it's there. So that's what we've been able to utilize in order to get thousands of people during these times to land jobs at these big name companies and into their dream careers. So I'd say those uh, those are some of the links that I'd have. Jerry, anything else to add? Yeah, no, Devesh, thank you. Thank you so much. And for those people who don't know, this is what now, 11 p.m. for Devesh's time. So he is dedicating and staying up to make this episode happen. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And as Jonathan has mentioned, find us on onesultan.com. Everything is there, especially if you need help with your career. And we'll see you guys on LinkedIn. Nice, thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, the fact that you're doing this on a Sunday itself, can't ask for anything more. Uh, so we really, really appreciate this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Of course, no problem. If you liked any part of that, please, please, please leave us a review. It will mean the world to us. Please let us know your thoughts, how you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community because we are here to serve you and make sure that you have the best time possible and continue progressing within your journey. Thank you very much.